Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, in March, Hannah and Dan Bateson from Toombridge in County Antrim welcomed their twin daughters, Annabelle and Isabel, into the world, but they already knew that the birth and the lives of their daughters would be quite different to what they had expected. Annabelle and Isabel are conjoined, attached to each other from the chest to the pelvis, and Hannah Bateson joins us now. Good afternoon, Hannah. Hi, are you? How uh, pregnant were you, or what stage were you at when, when they told you that Annabelle and Isabel were conjoined? So we found out things weren't quite normal at the very first um, beginning scan. Um, at that point, they didn't really tell us. I think they suspected, but they didn't tell us anything. Um, and it was a week later when we were referred to fetal medicine um, that we were told that the girls were conjoined. And were they able to tell you at that stage in what way they were conjoined? No, very, very little information. So that was um, here in Belfast, that appointment. Within a week, we had a referral and we were over in London um, at UCLH. And it was that point that we got a little bit more information about the extent um, of how the girls were conjoined, um, that they were joined from the chest to the pelvis. Um, and really, the information didn't change hugely, hugely throughout the rest of the pregnancy from that point. Um, the sort of common phrase that was used throughout was, we'll not know any more to the girls are born. Mm. And presumably as well, is there because they, they would, you know, specialise in this kind of thing, that there's, uh, in terms of the antenatal care and all sorts of things... Because when you're, one, one is having your first child, you can, you know, I suppose re- there's uh, many, many parenting books you can read and you get advice. Yep. This is, you know, this is uh, for many parents yeah. unique. So I assume there was lots of very, other things. Very that, rare. Yeah. Yeah, it just sort of um, it changed the whole tone of the pregnancy, I suppose. At that point, you couldn't do the normal parent and research mm. um, and preparation and um, there was so little we felt like we could do to prepare for the girls coming we kind of felt in limbo um, but antenatally wise I was seen every two weeks but the information the level of information we had never really changed throughout we were sort of the word we did use quite often was in limbo we knew so little um, and I think that was actually harder to process yeah Um. Bad news we could process when we got it. When they said that this was wrong or that was wrong, we could process and deal. Um, but actually not knowing was super difficult um, to manage. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Were they uh, were they were they lively kids in the womb? You know, did they jump oh, around a lot? Yes. Oh, big time! Yeah, um, they were real characters. And you know what? I think it just showed the level of fight that they had. You know, even during scans, there were great ones for kicking the ultrasound machine and um, <laughs> they were very, very lively babies yes. um, from the get-go, um, But which was lovely. It was lovely to see that they were fighting hard. They seemed to have so much spirit, actually. Mm. Um, that I suppose, in a wee way, it was reassuring to us, even though, medically speaking, we didn't have a huge amount of hope given to us. Um that, that sort of sign of real life and real determination sort of kept us going. Yeah. Had they had they even made a prediction in as far as did they think that the pregnancy would go to the full of 40 weeks or what were they saying to you? 
No, so well, twin pregnancies in general don't quite um go to full term, um, quite often in these sort of pregnancies, um, they don't um they they can result in miscarriage, or um some parents decide on termination, um, but um no quite a high risk pregnancy. Um, but our wee girls were determined to stay in. So the fact we got to 35 weeks actually um, in itself was very good. Mm. Um, and that's when the C-section was planned for 35 weeks. Yeah. Um, I suppose it was quite it was quite a good thing we got that far. Yeah. So and it was uh, to give them the best chance possible the longer they stayed in. And when they arrived, they were, you know, able to make noise and, and do all the kind of encouraging things that you want to hear a baby doing. Yes. So our big concern was, well, we fully expected to have um, very sick, very, very sick babies when they were born. Um, there was teams prepared for ventilation that they would need intubated at birth, that they might not be able to breathe on their own. Um, so it was a very tense, um, tense moments waiting for mm. those wee girls to be born. And I suppose my husband and I and our families, our big prayer was that they would be born crying. And both girls came out with um, heads of black hair and screaming, screaming the place down. <laughs> so I think I think that just sort of set the tone then for again their determination. This is just we just keep talking about our wee miracles. Yeah. Um, and just how determined. My husband, he uses a different phrase. He says, my wee girls are ignorant. He says, they're just determined to be here. Just the ignorance, they'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that's how he described them. But um, whatever it is, um, they're really, they're very much determined um, to be here. At that stage then, when, when they had arrived shortly, <laughs> you know, a while after that, was that then the start of the process to make decisions about you know, how separation might go ahead or in or No, not. not quite. The whole um process at that point was stabilization. So mm. we had been told that the plan was the girls are born, it's stabilizing them, and then it's discovery. So it's the discovery phase after that. Um to put everything in place, all the plans for their surgery. Um, so we actually have a lot of that still to do. We're due to go back over um shortly actually back to London to Great Ormond Street for a lot more detailed imaging um, so that the surgeons then can plan as far as they can. I think a lot will just be discovered during the surgery but um, they take very detailed imaging from MRIs and build models um, from that and that's whenever I think a lot will fall into place. There's still so much um, we don't know. Yeah, which is a very scary place to be, but um, we just have to have faith that these guys in Great Ormond Street know what they're doing, and they're the world experts in mm. it. Um, and it's sort of nice to be in a place where everywhere else it's so rare. Um, but in Great Ormond Street, you're speaking to nurses and doctors, and they're like, "Well, with the last set of conjoined twins, we tried this, and this worked, and this is similar, and this mm. was different." So actually to have that level of expertise um, and experience is it's reassuring for me and Dan. Yeah. Have they have they given any indication how many surgeries the girls might need? No, no, that's very unknown. And, you know, Annie might need more than Izzy or Izzy might need more than Annie. Um, so 
each wee girl's not going to be identical with their medical needs. Mm. Um, so that's so very uncertain. Um, so I think the rest, the rest of their lives, I think there will be medical needs there and surgeries um, to improve their quality of life, you know, as they go along and as they grow. Um, it's just, again, you know, we just don't know. We just have to sort of um, take each each day as it comes. Indeed, yeah. How are they doing now? How, are they sleeping? They're really good babies. Mm. Um, I feel like I should be able to complain. Um, <laughs> but no, I can't complain. They're just content wee girls. Um, they sleep well, touch wood. Um, just content, content babies. So they are, I feel like we're getting a wee bit spoilt with them, but okay. um, no, really happy, happy wee babies. Yeah, it is. I suppose it changes your one's definition of what is good news and bad news now. Absolutely. Um, your whole perspective changes on what um, you think you want or what you think an outcome should be. You know, we had a conversation a couple of weeks before the girls were born. We'd went for a tour in Great Ormond Street of the NICU and Dan and I had both cried. I didn't even think I was going to be able to continue with the tour. And we sat after, um, we composed ourselves and it was fantastic. It was actually, the support was amazing there. And we sat and we said, you know, anybody else would be saying it's very scary to be coming back here and for surgeries for the next 18 years. But for us at that point was everything we wanted because it would mean that the girls had survived. Yeah. You know, and you know that, that totally, um, as you say, you're what you come to expect as good um, totally changes, totally changes. Yeah, indeed. A uh, hell of a journey and a hell of a journey uh, ahead of your entire family. Uh, Hannah, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today and uh, obviously regards to Dan and little Annabelle and Isabel. Hannah Bateson, thank you very much. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.